For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac. I'm Christopher Sabat, the voice of Roanoa Zorro, and you're listening to The Geek Show on thegeekshow.co.uk. What up? Welcome to The Geek Show on 104.5 CVFM and a huge spoiler warning because the theme of this show is The End. Yes. Great boss from Metal Gear Solid 3. Eh? Great boss from Metal Gear Solid 3. He had a parrot. He sat in a moss-covered suit and just waited to snipe you. Unless you uh, put the clock a week forward and and he would die of old age. Uh, Then again, it could be a dog in Silent Hill 2. One of the endings was the dog. No, no, no. This character's called the end in Metal Gear Solid. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Yeah. One of the greatest fights in the whole of gaming. Anyway, hello. I'm Dave. <laughs> I'm Ben. I don't know if I'd agree if it was the greatest, one of the greatest fights in all gaming, but I'm Rob. <laughs> and he's wrong. No, I'm Rob. I think you'll find. <laughs> Rob it does wrong, contain close some enough. of the letters of yeah. wrong. I'd say that's enough uh, correlation to prove a yeah. point. <laughs> Yes. Um, so, yeah. How you guys doing? What you been up to? Meh. Stuff. Been playing Journey. Good game. Ha- you enjoyed it? Oh, it's amazing. You're playing Trapped right now, aren't you? Yes. And how is Trapped? It's great. It's a lot of fun. I like the fact that I'm I'm just smacking people around with um, pans and not really doing much, but it's funny as hell. <laughs> I know. Okay. <laughs> Dave has no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, I have no idea what I've been doing all this week. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's been things and stuff. I've been busy, I know that. The best kind of things and stuff. I have no idea where I am right now. Do you ever? 
No. No. He just sort of turns up places and assumes he should be there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Generally walk past security while flashing a badge that isn't relevant. Yep. Yes. Uh, right. To, on today's show, we're talking about the end. But before then, we have some news. Right. Um... A couple of bits of interesting medical news, or they interested me anyway, because uh, I know some people who are paralysed from the waist down and who have like various injuries. Um, there's a new uh, spinal cord implant that uh, they're developing over in the states. It's uh, what was it? The Louisville. Ken- uh, it's in uh, Ken- the Kentucky Spinal Cord Injury Research Center. They got four wheelchair wheelchair bound men. Uh, they were completely paralysed below the waist. Uh, they fit them with an array of electrodes in the lumb- uh, lumbosacral region of their spinal cord. Best um, region. It's the main reprocessing unit which links the brain to the spinal cord, and it was hoped that by correctly stimulating it, the patient's legs could be made to move once, w- once more. And you know what? They succeeded. Ah, nice. Not uh, just with the patient's legs. It, when someone's paralysed from the waist down, there's certain there, there's a lot of functions that don't work. You know, uh, obviously, uh, waste processing functions, for example. Yeah. What they found also is a byproduct of this, of getting the legs to move. Obviously, they'll need need to attach more sensors to get more finer control. But these guys, for the first time in a long time, are able to move their legs. But also, their waste control systems yep. have started working again as well because of these sense uh, because of this stimulation. I think it's a huge leap forward. Oh, because it's incredible! How, how long has it from been? Not being able to walk to having them walk—that well, is—they're not able to walk yet. They still need more fine well, muscle control. Yeah, but but it's getting there. And yeah, exactly. It's gone from having nothing. Yes, but like you can get physio, but that's not going to help in all cases. No, but and this combined with—if you can make you know—they need to do more testing with this uh, with well, this uh, method. Uh, obviously, but uh, and they found that it does work in other animals. Obviously, they've done some animal testing and mm-hmm. they're doing human trials now. Um, but the thing is, it's ho- it gives people some sort of hope. Yeah, you know, especially people who've been in really bad accidents uh, or people who were just born with the inability to walk. You know, there is some hope for them. And so even if it's like never been something they can do. Well, I mean, it might be that they were born, you know, uh, that they were born with a misshapen spine or something like that. Or there's, you know, there may be uh, damage to the vertebrae from when they were very young. Mm-hmm. So there's never actually been a time that they would, that they were able to walk. You um, know, um, that sort of thing. And the, it, it's it's a nice hopeful story to start yeah. off the day, especially when we're talking about the end. It's nice to start yeah. off with something hopeful. And I'm uh, personally, I, I'm liking this story. I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to seeing what the future is. Well, I, I hope to hell that they get loads of funding for this because it's yes, incredible. Exactly. Um, I mean, it w- uh, there's been stories of, you know, repairing spinal damage and getting people to walk again for decades. Yeah. It's been around for decades, but this looks to be the first real step forward. Yeah. You know, um, so, yeah, watch this space. We'll try and keep you updated with that. Um, moving on, uh, researchers from Duke University have finally developed artificial muscle that contracts powerfully and rapidly. It integrates into mice quickly and can even heal itself. Nanomachines, son. Well, it's not exactly nanomachines, but it's uh, it, it's synthetic muscle yeah. that, that can self-repair. 
which is totally weird and also a little bit awesome. Yeah, nanomachine, son. Well, it means that you could make a. Uh, if this if this is correct, then it means you could make a biological exosuit. Okay, that sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, I knew you'd like. Uh, that sounds like crisis style stuff. Yes, <laughs> it does. You've got to be able to punch through walls and stuff and make not yeah, very but your games. but your armor can heal itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that rendering. <laughs> <laughs> that rendering, eh? Hello, Rob. Hello, question. Will it only self-repair if you hide behind a wall and not get shot at? Possibly. You might need, you might need to feed it something. No, that's a <laughs> reference to shooters. Yes, yeah. this is true. That would be hilarious. Like, we've made armour that heals itself as long as you're next to waist-high walls. And you've got a red vision around your, your screen so you yeah. can't see anything, and that slowly fades away. Do you oh, no, don't forget, don't forget the heartbeat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it includes... A helmet that grows round your eyes so you can't see while being hurt. That's and kind of scary. That sounds <laughs> like some sort of body horror thing going on there. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, and a speaker that does nothing but heartbeats. Yes. Uh, anyway, uh, the, uh, these guys at uh, Duke University, um, they've used basically uh, a pool of muscle stem cells known as satellite cells. Uh, every muscle has satellite cells on reserve, ready to activate upon injury. Um, that's how they u- ma- managed to get this healing mechanism going. They, you know, they've developed this engineered muscle. They need to test it out um, in the lab. They damaged it with the toxin found in snake venom and saw that the satellite cells multiplied and successfully healed the injured muscle fibers, um, which is pretty awesome because it it literally does mean that uh, self repair. Yeah. Self-repair bio-armor. The American military is calling. Americans are scary, but they'll still end up shooting each other in the face. Friendly fire! Oh, self-repair. You just have really long-standing grudges. (laughs) This will cost too much for them to waste on their military. Yeah, this is true. Anyway, moving on. WTF Award number one of three. Right. Of all the things that you would turn jellyfish into... What would you ever think about turning them into, say, nappies, tampons, pip, uh, you know, these kitchen are, rolls? These are the questions that run Wait, through my head constantly. Hang on. No, that it sounded stupid when you said it before, but when you've given me that list, jellyfish are quite absorbent. <laughs> <laughs> so if you take out the stingy bits, then maybe, yes. Replace one sheet with uh, jellyfish. <laughs> Guess the Portuguese man of war, biggest living animal, yeah. also uh, a jellyfish. Yep. And there you go, you can paint your house. <laughs> and the whole street wire, right? Well, Very absorbent paint. Here's the thing. Uh, there's, two, uh, it's, uh, there's two problems that are growing uh, on planet Earth. One of them is that we have too many jellyfish. And the second one is that uh, we have too many nappies in our landfills because they don't biodegrade. I wasn't aware these were the top two problems <laughs> first. Now they are becoming... So, right, what should we do? We should give nappies to believe jellyfish. No, no, believe it or not, the whole nappy thing is becoming a major issue in and a lot of like countries. And it's like some sort of weird catch-22 where the nappy absorbs in the jellyfish. <laughs> <laughs> you should have weird half-beans floating around the ocean. <laughs> well, uh, Israel, uh, nanotechnology here. Israeli nan- uh, an nano- Israeli sorry. nanotech uh, startup uh, called Sineal says it has found the answer to both in hydromash. A superabsorbent material made from the bodies of jellyfish. What did I say? Yep. Half, half. Yep. You did. You were absolutely right. And I've <laughs> not read this at all. <laughs> but yeah, 
Um, no one knows why there's been this massive propagation in jellyfish, but, you know, it's a resource. They do biodegrade <laughs> as well. So we sh- You know what we should do? We should have, like, animal weird animal wars where we get dog-sized rats and face them off against all of the jellyfish that we need getting rid of. And there we go. That sounds good. And get have some more mutated the, animals um, in there, too. Have you heard the hypothetical question of, like, uh, would you far- rather fight a horse-sized, a horse-sized duck or 50 duck-sized horses. Well, I think a horse-sized duck <laughs> would be adorable. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like to say that. <laughs> I, I don't like a goose-sized goose, so I'll probably go with the horses. Yes. I like, the, I, like, them. I like to have, like, you know, an, a pet. Like, get, about, get about, you know, fly about. <laughs> and that'd be a horse-sized duck. I'd go for that. Yeah, you could actually, ride, my, you could actually my, ride it. That'd be my means of conveyance. And you could actually fly it around. That'd be my means of so conveyance. I, I could strap two as horses to my... Yeah, so what, sorry, Dave? Oh, God, it'd be the, it's the ultimate you, amphibious vehicle. Yeah, use it as a boat, <laughs> yeah, as exactly. a plane. You see, I, I, I want this now. You shouldn't dangle these ideas. I want my horse-sized duck. No, duck-sized horse. Hang on. One of them. Horse-sized duck. One of them, too. <laughs> No, duck-sized horse. <laughs> I want a duck-sized horse, though. It'd be funny. It'd be like my little pony in real life. Oh, God, stop, Ben. Stop. <laughs> I've, I've made it a life's ambition to punch every My Little Pony fan in the throat after seeing it. <laughs> so, there you go. Not on live radio. Can't do that on live radio. <laughs> ben offered his throat up to Rob. <laughs> <laughs> and Rob what the know. hell's wrong with you? <laughs> Dave has now taken on the role of narrator. Corny, <laughs> well, I feel that I have to, given that it's not a visual medium. You see, you, you can't, you're not, you're not uh, Morgan Freeman. Only Morgan Freeman's allowed to narrate. Uh, Andy Dufresne. <laughs> <laughs> Where did he come from? It was miraculous. Yes, uh, anyway. Um, super absorbent jellyfish will be coming to nappies near you at some point. Does that mean we're going to have jellyfish farms? No, but it means that nappy rice might uh, be a uh, bit, might be a little bit worse than normal. Are you saying horse-sized ducks? No, duck-sized horses aren't a real thing. Yes. yes. Oh, why would you even suggest that? Something wrong with you? Don't look at me. He suggested it. I, I had my hopes up there. I went, uh, Christmas list. There we go. I've got that sorted. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Hang well, on. Christmas list. Yeah, you probably get far ahead, right? Look at all the progress they've made in like uh, in biology. Just. By it, Christmas, maybe your horse-sized duck will be a... And we give it a bit of a mech arm going on there, so... Yes. Yeah. Um, the anyway. whole smorgasbord of things. Yes. Anyway, uh, moving on. WGF Award number two, handheld jets. All right. Now, there's a company called Dream Science. Uh, they've created this uh, set of handheld electric jet thrusters that uh, that can be used on everything from roller skating, skateboarding, roller uh, roller uh, rollerblading... Snowboarding, skiing, you name it. Anything that you kind of trundle on two feet with. Horse-sized ducks, you can give it, put it in the wing so you can do long haul. You could do, yeah. <laughs> it, it's a, it's That's a, it. Enough for the energetic ducks. Oh, so, yeah. It's not as cool as I expected well, it Well, they've got a better version there with four on. Oh, that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, that one's but I, The way you described it, I was imagining, like, uh, you I could do a like rocket a, you, remember, you, remember those <laughs> turbines, you remember the wrist turbines that they had on for that guy who was swimming like Aquaman? Yeah, yeah. I, first time I saw this, I thought, oh, right, cool. It's going to be like that. It's not. It's like a broomstick. Le- yeah. Oh, sorry. It's like one of those gladiators things. Pugil <laughs> stick. Yeah, the pugil <laughs> sticks. Oh, but if it was a broomstick, Quidditch World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> that would be extreme pugil sticking. Exactly. But that does look pretty fun on the uh, snowboard. Oh, yeah. The issue there is, like, that's the slowest way to use a snowboard if you're on side on. Yeah. You want to be getting your nose 
like yeah you might break the sound barrier if you go does this guy know straight. how to snowboard or just that's probably him breaking probably yeah, yeah. he'd probably die quite quickly well on that snowboard if they managed to reach up to about 50 miles an hour on a flat surface so they don't you use snowboards on flat surfaces. Yeah, but that was on a flat surface. They wanted to see what the uh, ground level test was, right. what the ground level speed on snowboard. But you can be guaranteed that extreme sports enthusiasts, insane as they are and stupid as they are, will undoubtedly go on to one of the steepest slopes using one of these and their snowboard. Well, I've gotten sick of public transport being late at the minute, so I want this. Like, yeah. on a skateboard, done. I'll probably go. I'll probably go rollerblades because I don't want to fall off the skateboard and die. I've already got a broken nose because of a skateboard. Not the, <laughs> and you think rollerblades are safer? Well, at least you can get a bit more of a stable foot, and you lose. No, the... no, you can't. No, no, like, no. A, a rollerblade's not going to fly off my feet. You'd be surprised. The first time I had them on, I broke them both, and the buff came off my feet without even trying. The the way this is, as you say, it's like a pugil stick yeah. in uh, in gladiators. Yep. Oh, I'm just imagining like, um, have you you know Dead Rising? Yeah. Yes. Imagine that with chainsaws on either end. Oh God! Didn't jet propelled chainsaws? No, jet propelled chainsaws. Like uh, it tear your arms off. Pugil stick, <laughs> chainsaw pugil stick. I'm pretty sure they did. That no, they did the chainsaw pugil stick. Attaching jets to it, you would it would literally tear your arms off. <laughs> Next story. So. Yes. Anyway, uh, moving I just on. To I'll, re- that I'll, re- into a I'll replace punch. those arms with self-repairing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> self-repairing cyber arms, thanks. Yes. Uh, moving on. WCF award number three. Eight-bit cockroach. Right. Um, <sighs> yeah. Daniel Levner, a, guy, a bioengineer at uh, the Wiss Institute at Harvard University and his colleagues uh, at uh, Bar-Ilion University in Israel, uh, have created a DNA sequence, uh, sorry, uh, DNA with sequences that unravel upon meeting a certain protein. Basically, they have the ability to uh, program DNA with nanotechnology to create uh, a living computer. But it only works up to a certain point. So, you know, cockroaches. You could make an 8-bit computer out of a cockroach, is what they're saying. You ever want to play centipede on a cockroach? Can now. (laughs) 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 Okay, Ben, Ben, you need that tagline to be the tagline (laughs) of this invention. (laughs) Yeah. If ever there was a sentence filled with euphemisms. (laughs) I am a marketing genius for this particular item. Hire me. Can you imagine the Kickstarter for this? (laughs) 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 Um, Yes. Why (laughs) is my question? Well, presumably, like in terms of uh, the the amount of data that can be transferred quickly and uh, stored and everything, the human brain is much more advanced than any computer we have now. So, if you could convert any biological thing into a computer potentially you could yes but cockroaches do you really want to create a race of cybernetic cockroaches no but you got like <laughs> only if they were mexican <laughs> <laughs> only if they were mexican this is probably like just the first few steps they're probably planning to upgrade the animal a La bit. Cucaracha. <laughs> i'm pretty sure i saw it on a thing yeah <laughs> 
That's I'm, the song, isn't it? Like I have no idea. My memory is a wild beast that's never been tamed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of them things from Men in Black, but... That's probably yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, the, the little worm guys. Yeah, my memory's <laughs> weird. Throws out ideas. <laughs> it says things it and wants, I do stuff. It wants my horse-sized duck. <laughs> so you what? <laughs> it needs it now. <laughs> Size I'm not going to be asleep now. I'm just dreaming of the possibilities of At me the and my horse size. Rob duck. will ride off into the sunset on a horse size duck. <laughs> no, no, it'd be beautiful. Waddle, waddle. <laughs> it'd be beautiful, and you'll all be jealous. Dangling a <laughs> slice of hovis in front of it to uh, maintain propulsion. King size. Omega voice. Kingsville, you mean? No, king size loaf. All right, yeah. I'm going to be. Um, Jet skating into the sunset, listening to my eye cockroach. Beautiful. <laughs> With my self-repairing arms. <laughs> yes. Anyway, um, we've got uh, just two more bits of news for you. Number one, uh, want to give a shout out to Tank Girl. Tank um, Girl. The original punk. Uh, the original punk uh, female superheroine. Is coming back thanks to a Kickstarter by the one of the original authors, Alan Martin. Um, they have seventeen days to go, and they've already they've already raised almost twice uh, their pledge amount of fifty seven thousand, around one hundred nine thousand at the moment. Um, I am not surprised in the slightest. Yeah, it's Tank Girl. I love Tank Girl. Is the uh, the original artist on board as well. Um, I think Alan Martin is the original artist, judging by the artwork that is being on display, like that. <laughs> All right, Ooh. cool. I was thinking of the guy that. Um, oh yeah, yeah, that does look legit. Like the, um, it says by Brett Pitt Parson there. Uh, um, does it? Oh, he must be on board as well then, Brett Parson. I can't remember the guy, name of the guy. Um, He's the lead artist on the Gorillas as well. I know Alan was the writer of the series. Um, the uh, art, artist and director was Jamie Hewlett. Uh, Jamie's, oh yeah, yeah. James yeah. Hewlett is the guy that works with Gorillas. Yeah. Yes, um, but it looks like uh, it looks like the uh, this uh, new guy has been doing well. You know, it looks like he's managed to capture the style of it. So yes, um, that Kickstarter is going on right now. Um, the exclu- exclusive Kickstarter, Kickstarter only dust cover has been done by Jamie Hewlett. All right, which is the uh, ship, the euphemistic yeah. ship, I should call it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I, I, I really am looking forward to it. To this, I'm a big fan of Tanko. Uh, it was amazing. Yeah. It was one of the most amazing comics I, I read as a kid. Totally changed my idea of what comics could be. So there was like no chance that this wasn't gonna get funded. Well, it, it, it's like when Tim Schafer did a Kickstarter. That's gonna no, get for the like, uh, Double Fine Adventure. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's one of those things that's gonna get done. Yeah, people just—it's what the people want. It almost seems unfair using star power on Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's one hundred percent unfair. Yeah, it's for the people who can get funded. Yeah. Well, no, people should say, look at who I am. So, Bam, someone like so, should be able to go to a venture capitalist. If you're, if you That's are, the, that was the, the premise behind it. Yeah. Yeah. If you were the original like um, writer of Tank Girl, you should be able to go to a venture capitalist and say, like, this is a viable idea. Here's my yeah. business plan. It's proven. It's got proven popularity. You know, we'd like to return it. You know, uh, and there's fans waiting. All you need is a bit of market research. Um, in yeah. other comics news, though, just one more bit of comics news, and this one. Isn't it? Isn't a Kickstarter? This instead is a collective collective of fans and artists 
who have developed an online jam comic recreating the early appearances of cult Marvel character Rom Space Knight. Um, now, a lot of you guys probably don't remember Rom. Nope. Right, Rom. It, wait, I think I've heard of Space Knight before. You probably have heard of Space Knight. It's be, it's it's a common term. Yeah. But I don't know whether you've actually heard of Rom. Uh, Rom was from a planet called Galador, and he uh, sacrificed his human body to become a cybernetic cybernetic warrior in order to fight creatures called the Dire Wraith, who fled their home, uh, fled their homeland, lost the war against Galador, and fled to Earth. So Rom came to Earth to fight them uh, and protect humanity in secret, effectively. Yeah. Um, he was joined throughout the story by various Marvel superheroes and became, you know, really enhanced the Marvel Universe during the, uh, during the early 80s. But he wasn't originally a Marvel creation. He came from an actual uh, toy. You know, he came from a toy. The rights are still held by the toy company. Oh, right. A bit but, like uh, Transformers originally had a Marvel Comics run. Yeah. Um, the thing is, uh, it was a toy from 1979, um, but the original comic author, um, ha- he suffered a really bad accident in the, in the 90s, and he's been left with care needs, con- pretty much constant care needs. But yeah. because during the, ta- during the early 80s, there wasn't really any kind of health insurance for comic book creators or anything like that. So he's pretty much run out of money for his care. Yeah. So what they've done, a group of uh, artists, uh, some of them really big names as well, have got together to redo the first issue as a charity drive to raise money for his care. Yeah. And oh, cool. I think it's a great idea. Oh, I you think know, that's I'd like amazing to see idea. more things like this. I would really like to see more things like this. Um, it's not, uh, you know, Mantlo, uh, Mantlo's Tale isn't uh, uncommon for comic book creators um, because, uh, but there's a, a new charity called Hero Initiative, which is set up to help creators in need. Yeah. So, yeah, there is stuff there to support comic book creators. I, I love when communities come together to help each other out. I think it's amazing. Yes. And when it's a load of the creators coming together to help each other, I think that is the greatest thing ever. Yeah. It's like the amount of that's going to sell is going to be great. It's like... Oh, I hope it does. People sell. buy it for just oh, there's one artist I like that I'm gonna buy it because I love that one artist. I hope it and does. And there's sell. with all these different ones, it's gonna yep. be great. Hi there, I'm Robert Rankin, and you're listening to the the Geek Show. Oh yes. Just a quick reminder: you have one hour left to enter the Senran Kagura competition. All you have to do is send us your name and your town. To studio at thegeekshow.co.uk if you for your chance to win one of five digital copies of Senran Kagura Burst on the 3DS. We also accept cities and villages. Yes, we also accept <laughs> cities and villages. Not just towns. To, to be honest, if you've got an internet connection, space stations. Yes, space stations care. as well. Yes, yes we do. If them, you man. want to play Senran Kagura Burst <laughs> on the ISS, that's up to you. That's no moon. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Rob. On topic. Yes, on topic. Um, we are With talking about the end. That wasn't a cackle. That was a that was a laugh. It was a guffaw. It was a cackle. No, a cackle isn't that. Yeah, it is because I said so. Are you the master of laughter now? No, he, I'm he is the official laugh classifier. I am. I'm employing internet rules. I said so, so it's always going to be true. Cited, Rob. Yes. <laughs> Cited, Rob. Does that mean he's the master of rule thirty-four as well then? No. Moving on. 
<laughs> right. The end. <laughs> yes. What makes a good ending in movies? You're going to have to elaborate a little bit further there. Uh, basically, you know, um, what actually, what is it that you need to have an end to have an ending that works? I mean, Resolution. It, I think the easiest way to resolve that is what is a bad ending before what is a good ending. Okay, then what is a bad ending? Anything that's Marvel. <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> it's Rob's having a pop at the Marvel movies corner. It's there and one and only Rob. Right, hey there. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> all the same movie, all have the same ending. All that's different is the Lycra. And the actor playing the Lycra. Yes, actors play Lycra too. Robert Downey Jr. is not Lycra. He, he, he's an advanced form of Lycra. <laughs> no, no, he, he's not Lycra, he's spandex. But that's that's the basic <laughs> problem, though. With a lot of these modern, sort of big-budget stuff, it's the same movie with the same plot beats and the same eventual ending. That is what, for me, is what makes a bad ending. Because uh, it's the good guy, you know exactly what's going to happen. You know, he's going to be in another... F- it's very public, the way they've done it. I mean, these actors signed to five or six films... And say this is his first film, so you know nothing bad could possibly happen to him. So knowing too much, it takes the sting completely out of the tale. And the fact that it is Disney Marvel, you know nothing bad is possibly going to happen to any of these characters. I guess so. I, I know too much mean, information but... means these films. You just, there's yeah, no, what, there's no sting you know, in them at all. It takes out the the dramatic um, and the sense of danger. Of things yeah. when yeah, the the sense of peril when yeah, exactly. You, you know that uh, well. This actor's definitely signed up for three films, and unless there's an Obi Wan kind of situation, lots and lots of flashbacks. Unless <laughs> there's that. Oh yeah, well, technically, Sean Bean was in all three uh, Lord of the Rings films. Technically, yeah. <laughs> just about. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, no, he is in all three Lord of the Rings films. Oh, okay, okay. I'm so, not a big fan of those. Um, that's, that's the point, though. His that's character what, died in the first one. That's what it's makes just, a bad ending. Knowing it before it even happens, not through you know. Being obvious or anything, just through too much information being put out there, so you know exactly what's going to happen beforehand. Is That's this like, okay. Uh, it's not I, just it's not just Marvel; it's a lot of movies. Well, when I saw before. Cars, like, really didn't like the film, partly because within the first ten minutes, I went right. Well, that's the moral that's going to be high, hammered home. Yeah. Yeah. You know that this I don't I don't like those sorts of things where they have a moral running through it and they just keep hammering it into you. Yeah. You know, and you, they don't let up, and then the ending has to be centred on that moral, and you're just like, yeah. It's the South Park uh, stand I learned something cap. today. I learned something today, yeah. and it goes off in a big monologue. Yeah. That's basically what those films are doing, in a more subtle, debatably way, though. Yeah. Well, no, it's not subtle at all, is it? Well, no, it's very much the Jerry Springer ending. Well, I liked The Matrix before it had an ending. <laughs> well, it, as a one film deal, it's like I can see where this film's going. I can understand that there's a big universe. Yeah, you can, you know, mess out of it with your imagination. Is, but the yeah. is, sometimes, well, the, open, um, if you saw the Animatrix, yeah. that's very good. That was different artists doing their inter- interpretation of what that bigger universe could mean. Exactly. 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 But the thing is, the nice thing about the mat- about the original Matrix movie, without the two uh, two follow ups, um, that uh, it proved that some t- you know it was kind of confirmation that sometimes an open ending like that really fits but the the conflict within the film yeah. between the the antagonist and the protagonist is resolved yes so within the film even though then, it's an open ending yeah. you've yeah. still got you've still got that to, catharsis yeah. you've still got that catharsis within the film that's already been done and so the open ending can work but sometimes you don't get that catharsis uh, you just kind of get a, a kind of mishmash of stuff and then the, and then everything ends and you just kind of go well what was that all about well like the empire strikes back ending 
Yes. It's it, it's very like a lot of films have tried it and can't quite manage the same sort of yeah uh, the same sort of feeling that you got because when um, I did overall I really like Desolation of Smaug yeah but the ending is very much um, well we'll wait for the next film then yeah yeah well, I, I felt that with the first one as well it's kind of like the two parter in a sitcom yeah mm-hmm. you get yeah. ninety minutes in then introduce this new thing in the twentieth minutes hang on. That's it? Yeah. Go wait a year for the next bit? That was a bad like, ending for me. Back to the Future 2. That ends on a cliffhanger. Yeah. yeah. But it's a cliffhanger that could go anywhere, so you don't particularly... Exactly, you have yeah. some sort of mileage well, out of that. Actually, no, you know, it's not a cliffhanger that can go anywhere. Well, because th- you know where he's going to go. Well, yes, but um, it's not like Desolation of Smaug, where you know the dragon is heading for that town. Yes. It's not that sense of urgency and that you know that the thing is going to happen yeah it's more you don't know how things are going to go down in back to the future three but what yeah. it's given you is there's going to be a back to the future three and here's like a slight and it's going to be with cowboys that's the pretty much the only thing that you that, know yeah that's the yeah. only bit you know you know um uh, <coughs> and so it works i'll the thing about empire strikes back that uh, it, it it's one of those films that it made it actually went out of its way to upset the fans um, with the whole Luke, I am your father, and then Han Solo frozen in carbonite. Spoilers. <laughs> we said there's going to be spoilers in this uh, in this uh, show. Uh, that was a joke, Rob. Do we have to explain these things to you? No. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm killing jokes again. Uh, we, we had to explain a joke about um, a Metal Gear reference at the start of the show. To oh, him, so. yes. Terrible. I, I, I'm, bi- I'm playing the role of the I killing joke today. I find jokes get better when you explain them. <laughs> <laughs> if only. <laughs> <laughs> if only. <laughs> What? Anyway, good en- good endings. <laughs> yes. I think we sort of segued into that with yes. uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Well, despite Alien Three is the weakest of the original trilogy for my in my eyes. Yeah. Well, it, it was but, bad until Resurrection came around, still... and then you realise actually that's not. Oh too yeah, bad. The, yeah, the cutting yeah. room floor. Direct- yeah. I- I- Alien Three could have been an amazing film. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah. Um, Still not bad. Still, it's not bad, and it does end the series nicely. Yes. It does, it's very... Yeah. Until for resurrects. Yeah. Clones, clones, she's got superpowers or something, that'll do. Clones with the same memories. Yeah, it makes yeah. no sense whatsoever. And the clone also cloned the alien. Yes, and the Alien King. You know, like, what Queen. the hell? No, no, they made an Alien King in Alien 4, didn't they? Alien Resurrection. That that's white, you, that's that that white alien thing was supposed to be the Alien King. No, the, the, that was the hybrid. Yeah, it was supposed to be an alien king. No, I think Dave's right there. It's a hybrid. Yes. No, it's supposed to be an alien king. The I hybrid don't remember was the alien be king, king yeah, ever being terminology. Yeah, I've never. I they have a hive situation, like, and they have a queen. You yes, see, this is I democracy, know. And what Rob. humans tried to do was make a king. This is democracy. Using Rob, the three hybrid. One, the right. hybrid was supposed to be the king. Mob rules were right. Three against yeah. one. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. He's speechless. We won. <laughs> <laughs> Quick run. <laughs> you do realise I have Smoke a hatchet on. here. <laughs> um, yes, it was supposed to be the Alien King. Right. The hybrid was supposed to be that. It wasn't cited in the movie, but they did do it so in the comics. So it's both then? No, because it doesn't actually, say whoa, 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 whoa. No, dude, if it doesn't say it, it's in the The comic version... Thing. Hang on. The, oh, comic stuff no, is no, never no. canon. The comic We're version of the that. movie... So the novel of Actually, the film can I, say things. I don't like, like it when mum and dad. The comic version of the movie <laughs> specifically referred to it as the Alien King. 
So what? It's not the same writer or director that was involved with that. They could, like, they probably had a sign-off on it, but otherwise... Anyway, like, yeah. let's, let's move away from this argument. I don't so like it, it when women die argue. It say it in the film, so it's not a thing. There. It is a thing. No, it's not, Rob. Because movies, the merchandise from the movie, the official merchandise which followed the story of the movie, referred to it as the Alien King. One point, Rob. Movies are movies, comics are comics. There's very rarely any cross. No, the story from no, the comic. No, shut up, shut up. The shut story up. from the comic is the Alien Resurrection. I story. think you'll find the bio of the McDonald's Happy Meal toy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, just quiet, Rob. You're wrong. I'm not wrong. Mob rules. You're wrong. Rules. We're right. Mob rules. Anyway, moving yeah, on. Can we move on? <laughs> yes, moving on. Let get a big thumb backhanded <laughs> toy just to slap the centre of both of you. Right, anyway. Good endings. Where were we? Good endings, yes. You two being children. <laughs> That's where we were. Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Anyway. Let's move on anyway. post credit stings. Yes, post credit stings. Don't sit down. It's not finished yet. There's another bit. Yes. <laughs> if you don't watch the post credit sting of Iron Man 3, it doesn't make sense. They do. They have kind of, It was happening before that, but Marvel the... kind of got a bit... But people want more, surely. Let's yeah. have this often incomprehensible sting with actors who we don't know who they're playing, and it'll yeah. open up loads of internet speculation. Because we're great like that. We yes. make good movies. We're going to force the audience to sit through 15 minutes of credits. But before, <laughs> well, not really, usually it's like four or five, but still. Yeah. Uh, before that, it was done as a sort of, let's say the film ended on an ambiguous note. Like, uh, well, yeah, just an ambiguous note. Have five minutes of credits, and something happened. That sort of opened the galaxy up a little bit mm. in a much more intelligent way than what they're yes. doing with Marvel superheroes. Because that just it's, it's in the forums at the fraud of the with these endings of Marvel movies. Not post-credit sequences, but during the credits, Anchorman. Yes, There's I'm not sure of that one. Oh uh, well, part, half of the it lines was, that you uh, that people quote are actually from the alternate takes from the uh, post-credit sequences. They're supposed to be like the outtakes, oh. Oh, you know, yes, like yes, in yes, the Jackie Chan movies. Anchorman is quite famous because they did make a second movie out of all the outtakes, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, not, I haven't seen it, the, but the, I know it. Then there's uh, Steve Carell's brick going, "I pooped a hammer." <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, but it, yeah, it's a thing. Yes. Really, um, I think when you said it's make speculation, that's what they want. They want people to be thinking about the next movie. Well, there is that, but there's also it's it's kind of a continuation of what they <coughs> do with uh, release schedules. How say we get something now and uh, another film gets another country gets it three months down the line. Yeah, studio executives are very shallow. They want their movie to be talked about as long as humanly possible. Yeah. yeah. And it's not just having this movie there to talk about. Let's have this other bit so people talk about it more and more. Well, in a it's way... It's a very, please look at me syndrome. As cynical as uh, as you can say it is, but like what what Marvel, Disney have done very well is being consistent with that. Yeah. Um, I'd say there's a lot of like comic book movies beforehand that have promised sequels that never happened well there is that to it yeah but it just doesn't happen these days there's always at least I hope there's more of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy because that is something that needs to happen for Marvel right now they just like I said they're doing the same movie but this is something completely out of left field and they need that change of tide the trailer for it looks very good yeah Yeah. I like his machine 
Uh, his machine's awesome. Yeah. I'm still holding my breath till that's actually out because it might just be exactly like everything else. Well, there is that risk there, but uh, James Gunn made Super, which is one of the most middle finger flipping yeah. Yeah. Uh, superhero movies of, well, ever, frankly. So I've got hopes from that evidence yeah. there. Hmm. Okay, pick of the geek then. Go on. Best Please. endings? Yep, top three endings. Italian job. So that's how you do an ambiguous ending, yeah. That yeah, is how you do like, an ambiguous ending. Like they've just pulled off their big heist. Yep. Um, and then they lose control on the road, and they hang, their um, van is hanging off the side. Yep. The um, gold's on one side of it, they're on the other. They shuffle forward to get the gold. Oh, no. M- uh, Michael Caine's about the middle, midpoint, yeah. isn't he? <laughs> and um, the gold slides further down. Yeah, and all you hear is Michael Caine going, I've got an idea. Yeah. And that's where it ends. And he's like, oh. Can I go? Yep. The thing. The thing. Yes, the ending to the thing. I love that ending. Just the fact that you don't know who the al- who's got the alien parasite, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, it could be either of them. And you end the movie not actually knowing. I thought it was brilliant. It's, yeah. one, it's one of the most memorable memorable endings for me. Dave? I'm trying to think. I can't. Well, well I've got one. King Kong. Original one. Yes. Oh. Wasn't uh, Beauty... Oh, I can't remember the line. That was going to sound really nice yeah, and really... It was though, Beauty that killed the beast. Yeah. It's a iconic and legendary yeah. ending. It's one thing to hear like uh, 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 somebody from the original say it. It's another thing to hear Jack Black macerate that line. <laughs> Do you want to say that word again? Macerate that line. <laughs> Do we have a dictionary in here? Basically, he chews the line. We could have just said that, you tit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very bad tempered show today. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, other endings, Dave. Um, I can't think of anything. I, I can think of too many things, and I can't think of anything because of that. It's like the Three Stooges syndrome going on. In my yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're all trying to get out the door at once. Uh, anybody else? Um, let's see. Um. I'm suffering from what Dave's suffering yeah. from now. <laughs> now that you said that, Dave. <laughs> like, the second you like, what's the best? Like, oh, town job. Right, straight out. And now I'm like... Oh. Dark Knight. The Dark Knight had a great ending. Oh, yeah. And it also had a terrible ending that was called Dark Knight Rises. Yes. <laughs> it's the whole line, he's not the uh, villain that Gotham... He's not the. the oh, the, fudge that one up again. Yeah, <laughs> he's not the hero that Gotham wanted. He's the hero that Gotham needs. Yeah, that's a perfect ending. You could not make yeah. a, like a third of that movie. Yeah. It's just a, a point of where Batman is and how he exists in that continuity. It's just pitch perfect yeah. for what they did there. Um, and then they ruined it with stupid, you know, uh, I've been beaten half to death syndrome. Let's put all the prison, all the police under the city, and who cares what happens? It'll be fine, surely. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but then again, it might be the you know, the drugs talking. No, it's a TV show, <laughs> not movie, but Breaking Bad's ending. Oh no, 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 no spoilers! I'm seeing it. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, Can you talk around it. Uh, Brian Cranston wakes up, yeah. and uh, he's next to Lois, and he tells him he has this dream about uh, how he was a, a guy who had to make meth. Oh, that's, that's a shame. Uh, no, before, can you talk, can no, you no, talk no, around it without yeah, spoiling it? He had that dream, but it, also in that dream was when he fought Godzilla as well. So, um, <laughs> you can talk around it. Here's the thing. 
That is an actual alternate ending that was filmed. There was the How, uh, how, uh, how I Met My Mother ending as well, which has yeah. caught a lot of bad vibes. Mm. Yeah. Well, what I said, like, the good thing about that ending is that would work, like, as of, you know, like, that would have worked to end any series. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, it's not just, like... But, I think, with the character development that's happened, it's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially to certain characters. Yes. Okay. I'm being very vague and ambiguous there. Yeah, but thank you, because I haven't seen the end of How I Met Your Mother yet. I have... Um, any it, other... It wasn't great. Suggestions? Um... Damn it. You're not allowed to say that, Rob. You don't like the show. You can't come on the end and being bad if you think the show's bad. I didn't say the show was bad. never said the show was bad. Moving on. What planet are you uh, listening to this Moving on. Yes, anyway. You tit. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. He's very aggressive, this show today. He is. He's very bad-tempered today. I think he's not getting enough fibre in his diet. I want you to move on, (laughs) or I will slap you. (laughs) Um, The Green Mile. I'll go with. Yeah. I like the ending to that. I like the fact that uh, he was infected with life. That's basically yeah. what it was. That was the line. He was infected with life. And the character was then outliving pretty much everybody. Yeah. Yes, it might be a Stephen King story, but it's one of the better ones. Yeah. Anyone else? No? Nope. Not even Don't Alien? Know, um, the original Alien? Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, that would like be your pick, wouldn't it? No, I was offering it out there for somebody. Just like as a kind of prompt. Dawn of the Dead's End. Which one? Which one? The remake. Oh! I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I expected that to happen. <laughs> yeah. Rob has awkwardly left the building. But I, I like the fact that... Pursued by Bear. They, um, I'm, all, I'm the one of the unpopular opinions here. Um, is that they get out the mall, they're absolutely... They've, it takes everything they got to escape. They get the boat. Yeah. Um, they escape to an island thinking it's going to be safe. Yes. And then the zombies come and it ends. Yes. Uh, it's great. You know what one of the worst endings to a film that I've ever seen is? What? The birds. Yes. yes. It's terrible. <laughs> it's. I know that like cinematography's changed since that, uh, since that Alfred Hitchcock classic, but the ending's just like, now we'll get in the car and go to this other town. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is nothing. Nothing's resolved. Nothing like you don't know what happens, but in a way that is sort of not like that. Yeah, it's just nothing. It's just a nothing ending. <laughs> Hi, this is Private Dick Simmons from the popular web series Red vs. Blue, and you're listening to the Geek Show. Sarge approved. All right, moving on to the game section. And just a quick reminder, you have half an hour to enter the Senran Kagura Burst competition. Uh, send your name and town, city, village, hamlet, whatever you want to call it, to studio at thegeekshow.co.uk for your chance to win one of five digital copies of Senran Kagura Burst on the 3DS. Yes. yes. Have you seen the adverts for that game? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, what's with all the endings? Why do we have so many games with multiple endings? Because it, it increases long, longevity. Yeah. It gives the player the idea of, um, like, that their actions have some consequence on the ending. Yeah. Other than, like, if it's a linear story and you just get one ending despite whatever you've done in the game. Yeah. That's that's a thing, but if you can affect the ending in some way, that's, that's pretty cool. But the, not every, like... 
permutation of everything you do could possibly be mapped out as an ending, so multiple endings. A few that could happen. To be honest, you're suggesting that like it happens in so many games, but it really doesn't. It's just a very I small do. niche of games that do it a lot. Nowadays, um, because of the popularity of moral choice systems yes. in games... Every game has a good ending and a bad ending. That's my point. It's not a. It's one or the other. It's not like it used to be like uh, certain RPGs had 20 endings or something. That's uh, truly a multiple uh, ending Chrono game. Trigger has 100 and something endings. That's a it? true multiple <laughs> ending game. Not yeah. good or bad. That's kind um, of. And, well, uh, Fire Emblem Awakening, just based on you know who lives and who dies, you've got different endings yeah. just based on that. Well, you know, it's all RPGs, get, Essentially, Fire thing. Emblem, you get the same ending you just get uh, different consequences for each yeah. character um, yeah whether they live die or marry yeah exactly it's, it's and like, it's uh, all RPG so it's not what's all the it's end. not all RPGs that, that do that though pretty um, much Deus Ex wasn't an RPG yeah it was endings. Mass Effect yeah, was an RPG, an RPG. Yes, yeah. um, Mass Effect though they have really good like reflections in the endings because well, like, Mass Effect, not only do you get a slightly different ending in the next game. The original ending to Mass Effect was uh, hugely controversial. Oh, Managed to upset a lot of people. Oh, number three? Yeah. Yeah, that one's a stinker. The original uh, ending was good, I thought. I thought they should have kept open. it. Left it open. I th- I th- and there is news that they are doing a fourth one, so what are they going to actually do with that? Well, as far as I'm aware, that they're saying that it'll be a, there'll be another Mass Effect game, but not the, the Shepard side. No, no, it's... It, it's, yeah, it's yeah. I hope they take a... A lead from a different race, not a human. Yeah, that'd be something where. I mean, uh, the, the most beloved character from Mass Effect wasn't Shepard or anyone. Like, it was Garrus, wasn't it? Yeah. Antali. Yes, Antali. But uh, um, well, Garrus was just basically he was. Garrus was, oh, okay. was completely badass and completely loyal. Oh yeah. You know, um, he's like a sex symbol amongst female gamers now. So, uh, I remember um, on seriously. Uh, yeah, I've seen all that calibrating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, there was like. The amount of um, like crying girls I saw when they found out that Garrus was romanceable in Mass Effect Three. <laughs> <laughs> really? No, nah, man, it's all about Rex. Shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> but again, yeah. it is not RPGs. Deus yes. Ex is an R- Deus Ex is an RPG. Mass well, Effect is an Deus RPG. Deus Ex isn't an RPG. Yes, it, it is. has an upgrade system, but that doesn't make an RPG. The first one, yeah, it's totally an RPG. I'm not talking about the first one. I'm talking about Human Revolution. Basically an RPG as well. No. Yeah. Strange idea of what RPGs have. Well, oh, RPGs have. are very loose. It's a role-playing game. You play a role, you make choices, isn't you do multiple then, missions. Is, hang on, isn't that then every game ever made? Oh, can't you bother? You're not letting me finish. <laughs> In Pac-Man, you decide whether to go left or right. <laughs> RPGs. <laughs> 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 Multiple branching paths. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, oh, and it also has power-ups. Yep. Yes, anyway. Um, okay. It's not it every game that has multiple endings. follows yeah. a character that... Yeah. Like, um, I think it's, it's hard to distinguish what an RPG is these days because every game has RPG elements in it. Yeah, every game's... Uh, they're all overlapping now. Even um, your first-person person shooters will have equipment and upgrade systems and uh, yeah. uh, secondary characters and uh, an overarching plot and things like that. that well, te- I mean, technically, FIFA is an RPG, 
because you can improve your players' skills and abilities and things like that. You can give them new boots and new kit and various things like that. So, yeah. Well, according to um, Charlie Brooker, Twitter is a massively <laughs> multiplayer. That's gamification. Gamification yeah. of everything. Yeah. That's what that Twitter represents. Yeah. Um, so, um, that was true. Something I have a problem with in a lot of games that have multiple endings is if they've only got two, the good one and the bad one. Yeah. That annoys me because I want more grey endings. Well, I mean, okay. Uh, Infamous, basically. Yeah. Infamous well, like, annoyed me. Yeah. Catherine has uh, a fair um, few yeah, grey. Yeah. I think it's got eight in total, hasn't it? Yes. Yeah, it's, um, it's like, on that one, my ending, I ended up breaking up with my girlfriend and being alone. She yeah. ended up being happy, but I was alone. Yeah. I'm like, so I like that. It was. Mm, <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I didn't like the fact I was dying alone, but. Um, ben, the, this shows how we play the game because. Uh, <laughs> do you know what my ending was? <laughs> I was the demon king of hell. <laughs> Excellent. So the thing is, the game wouldn't have been as good if it was at the end you were either the demon king of hell or you were. Happily married to. Yeah, Catherine. Yeah. It's like. The fact that there's a billion in-between points is good because it feels a bit more that you're actually playing a role than you're just trying to get the good or the bad ending. Yeah. It's like, you said about Infamous, I was trying to be the good guy, but everyone kept shouting at me until I started talking to this bad woman, who was really nice. I was like, hell, I'm going to be the bad guy now because... What? This person's actually nice to me. I know what you mean. <laughs> there's a there's a distinction between a bad ending, as in I've taken the uh, the shitty side of the moral uh, yeah. moral coin, or there's the the ones that are sort of like you've got to the end, but you haven't got all the chaos emeralds. Bad ending. Yeah, yeah. Th- I, I don't like those. Sonic then. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's not always chaos emeralds. Yeah. But you know, you haven't done. You, you haven't done so and so. If you want to pick uh, a fight, fin- Sonic, I, I, go for it. Uh, Final Fantasy X Part Two was oh, guilty of that. Yes. Um, because you hadn't done this and you Actually, hadn't done this and in, in, prefer, in that you know that shit that the, island thing you didn't whistle I uh, prefer uh, the <laughs> ending if you don't do all the prerequisites yeah because I prefer just you know being an independent woman who don't need no man <laughs> that no that's the uh, that's the ending no no the the man who's after her at that point is called brother I'm sorry but there's a, all, all kinds of wrong there well, he's called brother just he's his not name. her brother <laughs> I She's know Snow's not really Snow and lightning isn't really lightning. See, I always I, I, after watching Game of, after watching and reading Game of Thrones, Snow confused me a little. Given how Game of Thrones calls Snow, well, Snow Villiers also knows nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is true. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, Infamous really annoyed me. I just wanted the, I mean, the whole moral system and the the black and white ending. I just wanted the I don't care option. Yeah. Nobody ever does the I don't care option. Yeah, but then why do you I have to get, get penalised? I mean, the guy's being strung up by his heels. Why do I? Why should I care if he's done something to deserve that? Then can't you just leave me alone and let me just wander off? But why am I automatically evil if I'm leaving him alone? They needed yeah. evil call. Uh, evil call to pad out the PlayStation All Stars roster. <laughs> <laughs> he's a separate character yeah. call. So I remember in um, Infamous. Yeah. There's a part where you could um, save innocent people or save your girlfriend. Yes. And, like, I hated my girlfriend. She'd been annoying me forever. <laughs> I, and, like, except, um, 
And the bad woman was being really nice to me. But I was like, okay, I'm going to save my girlfriend anyway. I saved her. And she yelled at me for saving her. I'm like, screw this. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah. That annoyed me too. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but games where you haven't done everything and you get the bad ending. Yeah. They annoy me too. I'm not 100% completionist. Yeah. First time I played through Mass Effect 2, everyone died on my final yes. mission. Because they hadn't gone and done the a mission with everyone. Oh, it's too much hard work to get. Everybody out there alive. Yeah. It really is. Although, no matter how hard I tried, I could ne- not get Miranda killed. <laughs> yeah. She, she yeah. refused to die. I'm like, you're stood there with a billion Seekers trying to kill you. Why aren't you dying? Because they have bad aim. Uh, <laughs> oh, they'll have perfect aim if anyone else is out there. Exactly. <laughs> Star Trooper syndrome. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible guns they have. What, star, uh, star Trooper? Whatever. Stormtrooper. Oh, Stormtrooper. Sorry, I was getting confused. Because I, uh, I was thinking Starship Troopers. <laughs> That's what I was thinking at first as well. Right, anyway. Um, why do we need final bosses? Especially ones that don't die when they're killed. Because if you've got a, uh, an antagonist, it's a cathartic solution to uh, rid yourself of them. Come on. like If you've got a good villain in the game... You'll want to. I will agree with that. I, I will agree with that. Yeah, I will agree with that. But I'm uh, not saying that every ending needs to. End, uh, every, I'm not saying every game needs to end with a final boss. Um, in fact, some games pull off quite an elegant solution, like uh, Enslaved. Yeah. Yes, did that well. Yeah, Enslaved did that well. Um, you mentioned the ending of Halo. Yeah, Halo One. You're rushing through, um, driving Warthog through a exploding ship, like against the clock. And there's just explosions going everywhere. It's yeah. just amazing. On the other end of that note, the last boss of Stick of Truth doesn't die. Yeah. And it's hilarious. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it. I'm just going to say that. Eggman okay. never dies, but... like No, but you defeat his thing. You yeah, ruin you his defeat plan yeah. or whatever. Like, that's the case in any sort of kids' game, isn't it? You don't, yeah. You, there's no death in kids' games, no. no. Well, same in, same in Mario, same in Crash yeah. Bandicoot. Yeah. That you'll, so it wouldn't quite be the same game of at the end... Um, <laughs> you went up to Eggman and went, all right, and walked off. You need to have that fight. It's yeah. In a game where you've got a main antagonist all the way through, to not have a final boss fight with him. But you, it's letter. not necessary to have a final boss, though. Oh, it's not necessary. Because, I mean, I've played some games where it just felt like the final boss was an afterthought. It was just kind of, oh, we must include a final boss, even you know, even though the original game design didn't include a final boss. They put one in there just because well, they could. Um, yeah, those Arkham Asylum. Yeah. That final boss does not fit with the rest of the game. Exactly. And especially yeah. in terms of what they did with the Joker's character for that. Yeah. But um, I would say there's some epic climaxes with some amazing No, I, 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 w- I will agree with you on that. Um, Once they get to the, uh, this isn't even my final form. <laughs> <laughs> that, that annoys me. That annoys me. Um, you, uh, it's like you mentioned before the end. Uh, sorry, no, you mentioned before the ending of Fallout 3. Yeah. No, Dave mentioned it. No, you, it. D- you mentioned it, Dave, sorry. As in the the guy but, that you could count as the last boss as he's the final enemy in the final room of the game. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's it. Just, like, I didn't realise it was just going to be that. I went straight into that, popped four shots in the head, and on the first <laughs> one, his head exploded. I was like... You're evil, that game. <laughs> oh. <laughs> four bats to the head. Oh. 
<laughs> like a magnum or something as well. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, think I had a shotgun equipped. Oh wow, that's yeah. <laughs> like, that's I'm gonna end well, for really, him. isn't it? Like that feeling remorse for like. <laughs> Oh, no, I, I was expecting <laughs> <laughs> you were expecting like a, a final form then another final form then maybe a third final form in one long drawn out three hour long epic battle I, I've spent <laughs> like I've had more bigger boss battles just with random scorpions I've found in the wastelands. Yes. Is this the equivalent of Sephiroth? Like, on the first hit, just go, ow! <laughs> arrow, no, no, arrow to the knee. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sephiroth can't do supernova because of an arrow to the knee, yes. His final form doesn't even have knees. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why it would be even more impressive. Like, uh, take an arrow to the knee? <laughs> Makes it all the more impressive. <laughs> So, um, a lot of my favourite endings aren't ones with boss fights. A lot yeah. of the ones are just like I think I mentioned on this show before. Um, the Halo Reach endings, my favourite ending in any game ever. Yeah. Where um, basically you're on a planet, everything else has been evacuated, and you're stuck there, and just waves of um, Covenant start coming at you, and like your shield stops functioning. And it just carries on until you die. Oh, in which point yeah. you die. I like the end, the ending to Metal Gear Solid, right? Yeah. Where you've gone through, you you know, you've blown up Metal Gear, and then it it's just not over yet. It, it, <laughs> it all comes down to a fist fight on top of a robot. That's amazing. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. No, the original Metal Gear. That's not the final fight. No, that's um, not the final fight. That's the precursor to the final fight. Yes. Ah, which one was the final fight? Um, it, well, afterwards he chases you down in the jeep. Oh God, yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. And he's about to fight you again on the beach before dying because Fox die. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Because now machines. Yes. So, all right, and uh, shall we do a pick of the geek? Sure. Um, Top three video game endings. Or all final it? bosses. Halo Reach. Like, love the ending. Okay, Dave. You first. Um, I've been playing through some Final Fantasy X HD. I really like the ending of it. Uh, I'm not going to talk about it too much because mm. people might not have. The penultimate boss is basically the final boss. Yes. Once you've reached the final boss, you've won. Yeah. But um, it's just the way that it's not an overarching happy ending because yeah. of the stuff that goes down. Yes. And I kind of like the series ending like that. Ten to it's okay, it's okay, but ten has a nice ending. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Anyone else? Um, Metal Gear Solid Three has a really nice final boss mm. and a really nice ending. In a way, it's because it's a stripped down final boss. The yeah. rest yeah. have crazy powers. Yeah, it's basically you fight the boss who's just a really awesome woman who like when you're fighting her if you take out a gun she'll run over to you take the gun off you take it apart into like three pieces throw them about and then kick your ass so, um, one of the reasons it's such a good boss fight you, she explains like that she wasn't a traitor she was doing this for the cause but you have to pull the trigger you will stand with the, above her with the gun until you press the trigger. And you don't want to press the trigger, but you have to. Mm. It's just yeah, really nice ending. Nice? When you describe that well, nice. Like, well, not nice. <laughs> well, a really but... well put together ending. Yeah. <laughs> and 
and the whole sort yeah. of at yeah. the grave and the, yeah it's pretty cool um, in a way the, the ending of Twilight Princess quite the final fight in it is quite stripped down yeah. a bit like that in that Ganon's already blew his um, f- crazy monster yeah. forms and the final time you fight him after a like a horseback yeah. duel um, the horses leave and you're just the two of you one on one sword fights yeah and it's uh, it's actually a good way of ending things. It's, I like the like, Twilight Princess ending. You know, yeah. I, I I think out of all these Zelda games, I think that one is my favourite ending because yeah, it was quite drawn out, but it came down to simple things at the end. Right at the very end, after all the tricks are gone, you know, it comes down to just mano a uh, mano a mano. <laughs> but uh, Ganon gains some massive props for that death. Yeah, where the sword goes straight through him. Uh, it's a sword he was using the yep. executioner's yeah. sword goes right through the open wound that's still there from the last time he was executed yeah and um, he dies standing up yeah <laughs> he doesn't flop to the floor he, his head drops a little bit otherwise in in place where he was stood yeah nice right, um, yep actually um, display this week Journey has a really nice ending oh yeah I um you're struggling to get up the um, mountain. The mountain. You, you're freezing. You have to keep finding. Um, he like I was doing it with another person, and we were stood right next to each other. Yeah. Trying to keep ourselves alive. Yeah. And your like your scarf has been diminished to nothing, and like you just collapse. Yep. And then you get all this power, and you're lifted up by like I'm guessing the elders or something. And you get to fly about this magical mountain top, and oh, just oh. see what I love about Journey is the fact that they didn't need words, yeah, to tell the story. Bing, bing, bong. Yep, that wasn't me being racist. That's the sounds they made. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but uh, Ben, you need to finish Shadow of the Colossus because that ending. Oh God, yes, 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 absolutely. That, Absolutely. That ending. See, this is—it's a game that I really want to play. I just have never got round to like getting it and playing it. Well, if you want to borrow it, I can loan it, loan it yes, to you. Yes, please. <laughs> Immediate. Yes, please. Um, I think uh, if I'm going to go with another one, I think I'd have to go with. Uh, I'd have. To, oh, yes. Uh, Promise, uh, promise. I will. I won't mention it again for another like two or three shows. But I've got to mention it here. Uh, the ending to the first Shadow Hearts game on the train, and I'll leave it at that because for those playing at home, take a drink. Yes, take a drink. But I'm going to leave it at that because I don't want to. Uh, 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 it's one of those endings that you really shouldn't spoil. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it is also one of the saddest endings I've seen in gaming. What what end, what game ends with uh, congratulation? A winner, a winner is you. Oh. That's the best ending. Yeah. Done. <laughs> Hi, I'm Stuart Samita. I'm here at Animex, all the way from California, and you are listening to The Geek Show. We are talking about the end today, but first we've got some reviews and stuff. Yes. Starting off with Mr. Simpson. Yes. Uh, Bioshock, Buried at Sea, Episode 2. Problems here. Problems? Because I kind of have to spoil a gist of... The does, ending. Does it tie into the ending of Bioshock Infinite? Yeah. So, 
a spoiler warning on top of the spoiler warning for the show, is it? Well, yeah. I'll be as vague as Getting I can. Getting very better here. The end of Bioshock Infinite is getting the multiverse yeah. stuff. Yeah. And With the, the tears. Yeah, the, ter- the, re- the resolution of the tears is getting into the multiverse thing with lots of Elizabeths. There's always a man, there's always a lighthouse. Uh, episode one is Elizabeth visiting another one of those possible to, uh, Booker DeWitt. And that has its own resolution as a story, a very short story. Yeah. And episode two is the fallout of that in more than the literal sense. It's also in the sense that Elizabeth is paying for her consequences, both mentally and, you know, gameplay-wise. And the thing about this, it's also short, a bit longer than um, the first episode of Buried at Sea. But the thing about this one is it's much more stylish, it's much more... At the end of Bioshock Infinite, there was a sequence which was outright horror, which had a grit mm. in the hospital bit when you're trying to hunt down oh, yeah. Elizabeth. That vibe is kind of replicated completely in Buried at Sea Episode 2. You play it as Elizabeth, which is a nice change in perspective, and it does, they do a good job of making you feel not helpless, but not quite as magnificently powerful as mm. Booker DeWitt. And so the atmosphere, the sparse population of um, Splices, which is set in that universe again, it is set in Rapture. And you do meet characters from Rapture, you meet Atlas. Mm. Again, I can't get into that one, because there's spoilers of Bioshock 1. But it, it, it's a much, it's a great capping of the story. It takes, it, it's a full circle, mm. frankly. It, it takes Bioshock, not the second one, because that's... Stupid. We don't talk about that one. Exactly. And it turns Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite into a big looping narrative, and it does it very well. And it has that classic gameplay, but it makes you feel like everything you... I mean, there's certain points in this game where it says, you step on glass, it'll make a lot of noise. You step on water, you will be heard. Yeah. So it does employ a sort of stealth mechanic to it that... And again, it's it's just very good. It is a perfect ending to a very good game. And on the evidence of these two uh, DLC packages, I would say that Infinite is better than Bioshock, honestly. Oh, really? Yeah, because the, the DLC does make it all pop much more. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's very, very shocking at the same time. It's got, a, it has, it's got one of the best intros to a game I've played in a long time. Think uh, Silent Hill with the baby stabbing mm. it has that sort of impact or visual impact uh, wow as an intro that's pretty impressive and it's just fantastic little episode now I, it's very enjoyable and very memorable and very stark so excellent you've never played the original Silent Hill have you yes I have you have so you yeah. know the baby the, yeah. the stabbing baby bit yeah you don't forget yeah. that yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it's hard to forget that there's more like that in Bioshock Infinite oh wow right. buried at sea cool. too Fantastic. Right. Uh, I'm doing Lego The Hobbit on the PS4. Um, it's... Right. All Anyone... the Lego dwarves. Yes. Does uh, it have any baby-stabbing movements? No, it doesn't have any of those. Uh, it does have other things, but it doesn't have any of those, sadly. No, uh, I had all those. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. That's uh, the movie, by the way. Lego The Hobbit, the video game. If you've played any... Le- if you've played Lego Marvel superheroes or any of the previous LEGO games, then you're on very, very, very familiar territory. Um, LEGO The Hobbit is basically the first two movies plus more. 
right? Yeah, it goes to the end of the book, doesn't it? Yeah, it goes, as... to the, it goes to the end of the book. Because I've seen clips of the battle that's going to yeah. happen in the next film. Yes, uh, it goes to the end of the book. So there is uh, spoilers there, but this is The Hobbit we're talking about. And if, you'd already, if you don't already know the ending of The Hobbit, then, you know, and you're into, like, your fantasy stories, then you're basically wasting your time. Um, it's not really a spoiler. You know, it, it's not really a spot. It's been what? How many year, How many decades since the Hobbit was written? Well, yeah, but um, the the movie has taken some liberties with the story. It's so taken a lot of not, liberties. We're not exactly sure how the movie will end. Yeah, it, it's taken a lot of liberties. I will I will give it that. And the Hobbit actually is. Do you know? I've seen loads of different versions of the Hobbit, and I've uh, I've got like the graphic novel and various other bits like that. And I have to say, out of all the der- uh, derivations of the actual story of The Hobbit, this one is the most enjoyable. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. By far and away, the most enjoyable. Because what it is, all the cutscenes are like little, uh, humorous, little, witty little snapshots of yeah. the story. And there's always a little joke in there that, you know, you'll get if you've read the original book. Yeah. Or watch the movies, right? Yeah, uh, it, it's like you know uh, the handsome dwarf bit is is really well done with like the vanity mirrors, uh, mm. <laughs> you know all of the, there's there's really cute and really funny little bits like that. Um, the mechanics are effectively the same as just about every Lego game ever made. Yeah. You, you take control of one Lego character, but you're usually working in a team of two or more. Um, so it does kind of have that co-op feel without the co-op. But, you know, another person can always drop in and join you playing and annoy the hell out of you by going the wrong way <laughs> while you're trying to go this way, right? <laughs> yeah. um, which is what always happens. Is Friendly Fire on? A friendly Fire is on. Yeah! Um, how effective- I'm trying to do a thing with chopping you with my axe, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes, I'm trying to, I'm trying to use, use my shield to redirect the beam. No, I'm going to kill you first. That's how you play a Lego game. Yeah, yeah uh, you get in each other's way. Uh, <laughs> a Lego game isn't so much a game as more of a, an argument with virtual building blocks. Um, yeah. Anyway, if you played one Lego game, you have effectively played the best mechanics of all of them, but they do make some choppers and changes. Now, I reviewed Lego, the movie, the video game, where, and in that they had this kind of... They had the unstructured building where you just press circle... And it builds it automatically, but then you actually had the, the planned ones to reflect the film. Yeah. And so you had to go looking for the instructions, and then you could build them, and you had to build them you know, by selecting the right parts yeah. for this bit or that bit or the other bit. Now, this game has both mechanics in, okay. but it has an extra mechanic called mining. Because the dwarves bas- and dwarves <laughs> mine things. Exactly. Um, and so you can basically start uh, tearing up uh, the floor or this rock or that that wall looking for parts that you need for uh, to follow the instructions. Okay. Right? Or for the free builds as well. Um It's the great thing the great thing about the Lego game is that it doesn't follow the movie video game. Right? In the movie video game you had different little worlds. Right? To reflect the different little worlds in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in this one, it's more like Marvel superheroes, or like a big open, a big open world, and you can fa- you have little side quests in there which might give you extra characters, you know, or gold bricks and various things like that. Um, it's it's a really nice setup, and it works particularly well for something like The Hobbit because you have all of like Middle Earth, well, a lot of Middle Earth, 
well, about half of Middle Earth. Um, <laughs> it's not going to let you go all the way to Mount Doom, but uh, then one does not simply walk into Mordor. Exactly, <laughs> unless one is made of Lego. Um, Press the doorbell first. <laughs> but yeah, um, I can see that actually be in a Lego game. Them actually doing that manners, you know. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a nice big open world. There's lots of optional little side quests that you can do. Um, it's a fun little game. It's very, very easy to pick up and play. Very easy to pick up and play. Uh, I have a bizarre question. Yeah. How's Smaug represented? Because there's not been a set with him in yet. Yeah. So I, I was wondering whether he was going to be like a jointed buildy thing. Or uh, uh, he, he's a bit blocky, I'll give him that. But, uh, a bit like the Hulk figure, sort of. Mm, yeah, he's a bit like the Hulk figure. Right, okay. Um, uh, only not as green. Um, <laughs> I kind of wanted him to be a bit like, and has not, it, and he, he doesn't wear pants either. Um, <laughs> His pants are iron. <laughs> can't imagine him looking like the Ender Dragon from um, Minecraft. Just yeah, a red. bit, a bit. Um, anyway, that was Lego the Hobbits. Uh, if you haven't played it and you're a fan of Middle Earth, then you really should play it because. I've got to say, I played a lot, a lot of the Rings games, and this beats all of them. It's like you know how Lego Marvel superheroes came along and pretty much blew every other Marvel game out of the water. Yeah, right. This does it for Lord of the, for Middle Earth. Yeah. Lego have been stepping even, up the game. Even 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 with, with the Lego the Lord of the Rings games, even the Lego yeah. Lord of the Rings games are blown out of the water yeah. by Lego The Hobbit. Uh, recently, the last few games have just been. Quite... Yeah, they knocked it out of the park yeah, with the. Uh, with Marvel superheroes, they did a great job with uh, the movie, the movie yeah. and they've knocked it out of the park again with this. Yeah. Right, anyway, um, we have Dynasty Warriors 8 Extreme Legends. Choppy, choppy, choppy review. Speaking of things Extreme. that you've played before, yeah. uh, you know exactly the same now. It's Dynasty Warriors, you beat up lots of people in the Chinese uh, feudal era. The romance of the Three Kingdoms saga. Yeah, yes. basically, this. Extreme Legends is Dynasty Warriors Game of the Year edition. It's exactly the same as the other um, Dynasty Warriors 8. It's still got the wonderfully cathartic uh, gameplay, beating up millions, well, thousands of people, or millions eventually, but, you know, <coughs> it's very good with I've that. I've never got the kill count up to millions. <laughs> <laughs> Collaboratively, on all levels, ever. Oh, right. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, overall, you probably yeah. have, just not in a single go. Uh, what's new about this, though, they have sort of created a little bit more strategy with the weapon selection. There's three things. Every weapon has a different property now, or you can imply, like a, sort of add a new property, heaven, uh, earth, and hell. And each of them have different reactions to each other, So, and different bosses have different combinations of weapons, so you have to pick the best one to approach this level. It's not just... Here's a big hammer, I'll use that, and there's a big spiky sword, I'll use that as well. So they, they, they try to expand it beyond just mashing square. Yeah. And or sometimes triangle. And sometimes triangle, yeah, but sometimes at the same triangle. time they have... They've taken a lesson from some of the things they did sort of afterwards with the uh, Pirate Warriors game, the One Piece Pirate Warriors game, and have advanced the um, ultimate moves. Oh, the Musou. Yeah, Lex. the moves. So they've got more going on there. Uh, and... So narratively wise, they have put in a little extra few bits in the story mode. Uh, Lou Boo gets, and he's all a group of 
battlers, gets a new story arc. He's had that previously in some of the other, like, mostly in the Extreme Legend editions, actually, yeah. Yeah. He's the hardest man in all of China. Of course, put him in the Extreme Legends. That makes perfect sense. That, that's the only thing I really know about the series is Lubu's in there and he is tough. Yes. He is. He's very tough. And he's got a ridiculous haircut as well. With the two big feathers that yeah. come out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sounds like something you get, Dave. And there's the Ambition mode, which has been advanced a little bit. They're just fine-tune it, which is basically you get a camp and you've got to go out and battle other people and recruit people to make your camp more, more impressive, and it's a manager mode, basically. Uh, but overall, if you bought Dynasty Warriors 8, it's probably not worth buying because there's not enough there new to, you know, justify the expense. But if you missed that and you want waited for this, well, then you're not going to be disappointed because it is... It's Dynasty Warriors as best as it's ever been, really. Fantastic. Well, it's good that they're doing it as a Game of the Year kind of... Yeah, that's their, yeah, game, that's their yeah. version of Game on, of the Year, yeah. On PS, uh, PS2... When I think they it's were PS4, doing... they're calling it Ultimate Edition. Yeah. So, yeah. When they were doing it on PS2, you had to buy all of the discs to play it. Oh, yeah. oh that's terrible. So you had to have Dynasty Warriors 4 and Dynasty Warriors Extreme Legends 4. And that's terrible. Yeah. But uh, this is... It's called uh, on Xbox One. I think it's on Xbox One anyway. And PS4, it is the Ultimate Edition, so yeah. it's basically Game yeah. of the Year. Tomato, tomato. Okay. Um, ben has his first anime review for us. Yep. Um, I'm reviewing what a lot of fans think is the bane of the Dragon Ball series, Dragon Ball GT. Now, I am not a fan of Dragon Ball Z. I think I've seen three episodes of the original Dragon Ball, and that's my entire exposure to Dragon Ball. Yeah. So I was coming onto this with fresh eyes. Yep. Um, the story's about um, Goku, who through some um, miscommunication, uh, wishes made on the black Dragon Balls to then it turns him into a kid. So he has to go on an adventure with um, Pam and Trunks to um, get back the black Dragon Balls. Which have flew off into space. The, yeah, the flew across into... Um, uh, throughout the universe, and otherwise the Earth is going to explode. As for you reasons. haven't seen the original series, uh, the character that wished on the Black Dragon Balls is Emperor Pilaf from the original Dragon Ball series. Yeah. So it was meant to be a bit of fan service. He was referencing the fact he fought Goku as a kid and he was much easier back then. Yeah. And he wished yeah. it was. It was still, still lost, case. of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> they have to go about collect all the Dragon Balls and face different foes as they do it come up against different challenges and they meet a creature called Baby whose name is very funny because every time someone says his name they sound like a sleazeball saying something hey, baby. exactly yeah. um, except um, Baby takes over is like a parasite and he takes over everyone on earth mm. taking control of them um, because he wanted to um save his race that was called the um truffles the charge <laughs> it was something like that um i'll give you the uh it's actually the truffles i'll give you the um, dragon ball thing okay so the uh the saiyans yeah uh, were originally a warrior race they, they were bad people they were barbarians they took over things indiscriminately they took over the planet uh, truffle and made it their own yeah and truffles have had harbored a resentment for them ever since and one of the final things they did before they were wiped out and made extinct was create this creature called Baby. Yep. There you go. So, um, so Baby 
wishes on the um, black Dragon Balls to create their new planet, like a second truffle planet. And, um, <laughs> I. <laughs> it's hard to take these names seriously. His sometimes. ultimate move should be the truffle shuffle. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> At some point, the galactic pig is going to come along and root it out. <laughs> well, he is called Trunks Briefs. So um, <laughs> not meant to be seriously taken names. So, um,. Goku has to fight um, Baby to um, save the Earth. Baby, who's in the body of Vegeta, yeah. who was Goku's greatest rival. Yep, and um, they go into Super Saiyan 4 mode, where they basically turn into monkey men. Um, and they're super powerful. See, the thing is, as someone who wasn't a fan, it kind of confused me when they were suddenly turning into giant gorillas for no real reason to my knowledge. Well, that's what the tale is. In the moonlight, they're turning into giant monkey beasts. Yeah. And ten times as powerful as the original. N- it's not really been used since the Saiyan saga of Dragon Ball Z. Like, yeah. the yeah. Goku-Vegeta fights the last time. They Pretty were get- much, yeah. so, To my eyes, they just suddenly went off to a planet and they pulled a tail out, literally <laughs> out of his ass. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was like, what? Yeah, that, that bit's like... They'd established once the tail was gone, they couldn't have access to that form yeah. again. But then in GT, they grew them back somehow. So, anyway, yeah. they defeat Baby, save the world, but there was a wish upon the Black Dragon Star, uh, Dragon Balls, so um, they need to... They have two weeks to save the Earth. So um, Apparently the negativity from all of the evil wishes used but on the... I know, we're not quite at that point oh, yet. They okay. evacuate everything to the Truffle Planet... And then the world explodes, and then they wish the world back. That I don't quite get why they didn't wish that the world wouldn't blow up. Okay, so what did you think of the series? Um, I actually enjoyed it a lot. Really? Like, yeah. I thought it's like it's quite amusing. Like the funny parts were quite funny. The action scenes were good. Um, the characters for the most part were likable. Hmm. I thought I wasn't that fond of Goku actually. Ah. No, the thing was, um, he's been turned into a child. And this is the GT version of Goku. He's been turned into a child, but he still thinks like an adult and knows all his adult knowledge. But he acts like a child. Yeah. And he's, he's always been like that, to be honest. Yeah, but uh, it's the GT version of Goku. I'm just reminding you. GT version of Goku wasn't good. So I would have much preferred to watch The Adventures of Pan and Trunks. I thought they were both more interesting <laughs> characters. It sounds like a, an RPG from for like household items. <laughs> so, yeah. so, um, like, Pan's just, new ultimate attack, Silip Bang. Yeah, I thought they were both interesting characters, and they were just they were shadowed by the fact they had to be with Goku, who was acting like a kid all the time. Yeah. Um, but overall, I enjoyed it. Like there was. Like I said, there's a few things that niggled at me, but as a that mm. sort of anime, I enjoyed it. Okay, cool. Right, uh, me, I am doing. Uh, I am reviewing Girls and Panzer. Now, uh, Girls and Panzer is one of those. Uh, it's one of those cute girls doing cute things in cute ways shows. Um, like uh, you know, kind of like Kion, Sounds of the Skies, various th- you know Ichigo Mashimaro, various things like that. Um, the story is about uh, tanks, believe it or not. Oh, like as in Panzer. Yeah, as in Panzer tanks, uh, yeah. not as in Panzer Dragoon. Um, <clears throat> well, that was still like Tank Dragon. Yeah, I know. Anyway, um, it's... 
Right. The story takes place uh, in, in, in World War Two tanks are the uh, you know World War Two era tanks uh, maintained for sports warfare, as you do. You know, this is a Japanese anime, um, and they're uh, the ships that use. You know, there's various schools where these sports warfare events take place. These uh, so these schools like, are based on like aircraft carrier ships known as academy ships. Is it it's like all going reenactments, or is it live? No, ammo? no, no. They, they basically use like live ammo and various things like that to uh, fight each other in tanks. High school girls on ship, uh, you know, on ships that are effectively aircraft carriers. Yeah, you know, they travel to the mainland every now and then to fight their uh, mock warfare in tanks. The art of operating tanks is uh, treated as a traditional martial art. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know. Um, called tankery or senchado. <laughs> right. Yes, I know. Um, okay, so in a bit like a pitch battle, you know, there, uh, there are rules, I think. There are rules. Like... There are certain things you can and can't do. Um, stories about uh, Miho Nishizumi, who's part of a famous lineage of tank, uh, tank generals, or panzer generals, wherever, uh, well known for their Nishizumi style uh, of tankery. Uh, she's apparently disgraced her family name by abandoning her position to save her drowning teammates, uh, which led to her team's defeat. So she goes to a school that doesn't have tankery, only to find out that the school is trying to bring it back. And they want her to be one of their members. <laughs> yes. Um, it all goes very, very wibbly from there with all sorts of the usual kind of comedy drama type uh, trials and tribulations for the girls as they unite to become the ultimate team and defeat the champions, which they may or may not do because Miho's older sister is currently the reigning, reigning champion and she is merciless, ruthless, and uh, absolutely the best in you know at this whole sports warfare business. Yeah. Okay. So yes, uh, you can guess what happens from there. Is it just Miho that finds it a bit odd that she was disgraced for family? Because she left the death machine to save drowning people. Yes, but this is the whole duty on earth type thing, you know, only pushed to the extreme because apparently mercy is for the weak. Um, and <laughs> breathing for the non-drowning. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Um, this, uh, the art style in this is very, very generic. It's basically what you'd expect from one of those cute girls doing cute things in cute ways high school shows. Um, I'm not too convinced about the outfits. I think that they would need more protection than, say, a, a, a skirt, you know, <laughs> and a combat skirt. You know, I, I think they'd need far more protection than uh, a kind of a, a thigh length skirt when they're in a tank that's being hit by shells. But you know, that's just me. Um, the, you know, there's a lot of things. I know it's supposed to be the whole suspension of disbelief and it's supposed to be, oh, this series is a bit whimsical and a bit light-hearted, but, like, yeah, if you want it to be whimsical and light-hearted, you know, at least obey physics. Um, Storyline is very, very bland. It's something that you'll see in, a, in loads of other shows yeah. and loads of other shows have done this storyline much, much better. Yeah, uh, they really have. Um, it's... It's decent enough show in its own right, and it tries to do things. To, uh, the weird thing is, Girls and Panzer came out uh, uh, alongside another show called uh, that was all about airsoft at an all-girls school, right? And right. They, ha they were very similar in certain ways because they had like the main protagonist was, you know, was, was under a lot of stress and you know was uh, mentally a little bit not there, <laughs> and it was how she recovered with the with the help of her friends and various things like that. It's just. Uh, 
I thought Stella Stella Academy Women's Airsoft Club. Yeah. Um, actually handled things a little better. It's the closest show to this because uh, you know just in terms of themes, and they came out around the same time. But I think that handled it a little bit better because you actually saw the character go off the rails and yeah. lose everything. Oh. You know, whereas this, she doesn't actually lose anything. She thinks she's lost everything, but she has her friends, her new friends who support <laughs> her. You know, and so yeah. Um, so fake cloths. Animation is pretty decent. Cloths. I've got to say, the tank battles themselves are actually quite fun to watch. You know, oh. it's always fun to watch tanks fight. Yeah. Um, and the tank battles are quite fun to watch. Um, those bit scenes are well animated, but that's pretty much all you can say about it. And that's it for the reviews. Yes. Anyway, uh, we do have a couple of sections left because we are coming up to the end of the show. Just a quick reminder that we do have winners for the competition, which closed uh, about 20 minutes ago. Woo! Yes, uh, but very quickly, we can do animation graphic literature. You guys up for that before we announce the winners? Yeah. Yes? No? Maybe? Indeed. Right. Um, when might we... Uh, okay. Uh, certain shonen titles are, have come, are starting to come to an end. Um, yes. Well, yeah. How do you think uh, they'll end? Bleach, Naruto, both have stated an end is in sight. Yes. Uh, Bleach have said this is their last arc. Yeah. Could be a, no matter how long that could be. And yeah, well, I reckon Naruto will end will finally give in to all this homoerotic tension and become boyfriend yeah. and boyfriend. Well, fairly big things. Well, if you've read well, now they've found out they've got a linked spiritual energy. Yeah, I read Oh, that. God. <laughs> will be boyfriend and brother then. I, I, I haven't been then. keeping up. It's Sasuke Hokage. <laughs> Probably. Or is that no, no, that's... He, he wants to become... Well, at the start of the war, but that was like 20-odd... All right, sorry, I'm behind on my narrator. <laughs> Fine. See, in Bleach, I reckon, I reckon Ichigo's just going to become like the king of spirits. Um, uh, well, it's mm. the Dragon Ball thing, isn't it? He's going to disappear off on a giant dragon. There's no dragons in there. You'll, you'll find <laughs> one and you'll drive on it. No, first he has to be revealed. No, no, that he's no, no. He's gonna he's gonna ride off on Kenpachi's shoulders. No, <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna steal my duck, isn't he? My horse-sized duck. Well, yes, he is. The finally revealed. Um, the speaking of Kenpachi, the finally revealed what Yashiro can do. Yes. Oh really? You yes. know the little the little girl that sits on yes. Kenpachi's yeah. shoulders. Yeah. That everyone in Squad Eleven is afraid of. Yeah. yeah. They finally revealed what she can do. But have you noticed in the last episode uh, in the last chapter they also revealed. And I'm wondering if you guys noticed this. They also revealed the name of Kenpachi's sword. Oh yeah. Uh, well, he's he, yeah. He's because for the entirety of Bleach, now. he yeah. his sword has never been named. Well, it whispered to him after the Kenpachi Kenpachi fight. Yeah. You know where that, that revealed that um, Kenpachi is a title. Yes. Yeah. Not a name. For the Kenpachi is the title of the strongest killer of all. And the previous holder of that title was was Unohana. Oh. The the medic. That again, everyone is intimidated by, and they never reveal why. Yeah, yeah. But now it, that, that bit. Uh, uh, th see, the thing is, those bits start making sense now. Uh, I'm just wondering how long uh, how long Tite Kubo had all that planned. It does seem like there was things that weren't resolved at yeah. the end of the um, Eisen arc. Yeah. So it does seem like there was a and things like uh, what Zangetsu really was. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's actually pretty cool. It does like as this arc's gone on a bit further, it has made me think that, all oh, right, it's not just tacked on. It's not like mm. uh, Dragon Ball, which was supposed to end at the Freezer Saga. Yeah, the Cell Saga was tacked on. 
Well, believe the uh, thing is, I think t- I think Kubo's had enough time to kind of tie this whole uh, this whole Quincy bit into the story because the story was supposed to end after the final gets a good tensho. That was the whole idea behind it. He was supposed to lose his powers. That was it. Bleach was over. Hero rides off into the sunset. I was like Naruto's meant to end yeah. at the end of Naruto without the Shippuden. Yeah, they're both meant to both end, uh, die at the um, waterfall. Where like a Rasengan hits Shidori. Oof. Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. that. Yeah. So how do you think these these uh, are going to end? I already said. I know you said about Naruto. They'll accept their fate and become boyfriend and brother. What about One Piece? That'll never end. That, that's too popular to end. Um, they'll probably do the same thing they did with uh, Goldie Roger. He. He'll become Pirate King, but he'll have a, a fate, a, a year to, you know, live it out. And, he and then die. he'll be executed. And, he'll, and a, new, uh, a new era of pirates will begin. And then the spirals are coming. <laughs> There's a lot of repetition of previous icons through Luffy, yeah. and he is basically Goldie Roger, so yeah. we're going to replicate a lot of his life through him. Hmm. Interesting idea. Also, we'd have to kill fight the father. But. Yeah, there will be. <laughs> Uh, I'm looking forward to the fight between uh, Duflamingo and Luffy. That looks very interesting. Can't really say any spoilers because there's some really cool stuff in the uh, current arc. Yep. A character that I always knew never died has appeared again. And I'm not going to go into oh. any more. Okay. I'm not. I'm nowhere near caught up with One Piece. I'm oh, you've got to catch up I've with probably it. Made, I've probably read more of One Piece than I have of any other manga. Yeah. And I haven't read all of One Piece yet. There's, what, 600-odd chapters? Yep. So, yeah, that's pretty yeah, good. I uh, haven't touched it yet. It, it was funny because uh, when they first reintroduced that character, uh, when they first reintroduced that character, it was a suggestion, uh, it, but it was the symbol that they used for it, you know, the three cups. Rob, I thought yeah. that was very poetically done. Well, what I will say is, like, regardless of how long-running these series are, yeah. which is pretty crazy, re- regardless how long-running they are, the story has consequence. They tie. They they keep on going, yeah. and they will have an end. Yeah. But Whereas uh, Western comics. Yeah. Why Why don't we actually see an ending in Western comics? What? Like Spider Man will never have an ending. He'll it, have it's the, the next same reset issue. button. It's the same issue, isn't it? We've uh, we've talked about this many times, but Eastern stuff has one author. Yeah. And yeah. so they have co- relative total control over it. And yeah. Western stuff is everybody has their turn, so yeah, there can I never mean, really be an end for that sort of stuff. It's just I mean, everybody you, has their thing go. Is, you don't treat the you don't like super, treat uh, in certain superheroes, uh, and I'm going to get punched for saying this, but Superman is like the school bike. I'm sorry, <laughs> but, <laughs> no, yeah, but he's it, been used by just about everybody. He's died what three times now. I'm <laughs> only aware of the big one, the death of Superman arc. No, no. There's been there's been two other deaths, if I recall. One of them was Lex Luthor sure killing him. It happens like once a week. He's got his schedule. Oh, I die on Thursday this week. Yeah, but then again, like uh, Goku could say, "Oh, well, that clashes with my." Uh, Bruce Wayne had uh, you know had pretty much every bone in his body broken by Bane, and was left permanently crippled. Permanently crippled. Yeah. He was told he was permanently crippled in a wheelchair. He got better. <laughs> I think you should. Um, They've got a tablet for it. He, he, he should probably yeah. um, uh, a bat pill. If I've I've learned anything from uh, Dark Knight Rises, is that modern medicine is nothing compared to a man in prison with pulleys. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Maybe you should take a pulley and a rope to Barbara. I'm sure she'd be really happy about that. 
Now you're oh, heading. Well, that has been a. a, a now you're heading into in weird territory. <laughs> in the there are things in Batman like the Lazarus Pit. Yeah. That potentially could cure Barbara Gordon of her paralysis. Yeah. But the character is sort of more interesting because of her condition. Yeah. yeah. So, where do you go with that? Yeah. Also, there are times where, for example, if people get killed off in the comics, but there's already been ways that people have defied death, yeah. then what consequence does death have? Yes. That's what I thought when I was watching Dragon Ball. But this is what I mean. I mean, uh, superhero comics are all entertaining and nice and everything like that, but the lack of consequence is the reason why I got bored of them. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, uh, you know, uh, as fascinating a story, as a story arc could be, or as fascinating as a comic book series could be, I, it, it's you know it might feel like it's going somewhere, but I ultim- I know that ultimately, it's all just really. Uh, uh, I hate saying this, but because I love my superheroes, it's all ultimately just a waste of time because the story is just going to be reset again in a few years. Well, okay. way, everything's just going to be reset way, and restarted all over again. And letting people experience the story like for their first time, that's that's not a bad thing to do. Yeah, to let, but to to retell stories again and again, it's it's frowned upon, but. It's also something people like. How many different origin stories stories do we actually need? Origin stories. Stories, yeah. Origin <laughs> stories. Uh, I'm turning yes. into John from Wasp. In terms of <laughs> superheroes, there is there's an origin, there's a long middle, and no end. Yes. But I guess that's part of Rob said everyone needs to take the turn. Like the that's r- what it looks like. Yeah. And yeah. in a way, like if another writer is going to come on after you. You have to leave it in a place with the status quo, pretty much as yeah. it was. Okay, it's it's only polite. All right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> very quick pick of the geek. Then uh, your favourites: uh, comic book or man- manga ending, uh, or a comic that should end. Um, I really liked the ending to Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, that was nice. Okay. Hunter X Hunter. They shouldn't. I know he's ill. Yeah, but. The place it's at now is a perfect ending, I think. Yes, I will agree with you there. Uh, would nice, be nice to see more, but mm-hmm. as an ending, that is a great point to be. Yeah. Um, there are some great accidental endings like that. Yeah. I mean, it's sorry, it's a completely different thing, but like, for example, the last episode of Father Ted. Yeah, 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 that's true. It's an accidental ending, but it's a really nice way yeah. to end it. Yeah, that's very true. Um, I really like the ending of the um, Soul Eater manga. Okay, much yeah. better than the, co- yes. the anime. Oh, the, the anime, I hated that anime. Yeah, yeah, it's a much but better, much, much like, better series. I, like, I thought it was a really nice end to the um What was just like a precursor, really? It's, just, it's all going to happen again in a few years' time. And You've not really achieved anything, so... I know, but I thought it was great. No, no, I like, think that's why it's good. That's yeah. <laughs> that's why I loved it. Yeah. And um, the, yeah, they've not abandoned the Soul Eater franchise. They are doing more stuff. Soul Eater there. not is got a, is airing now at the minute as a manga anime. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Yep. I'm surprised I didn't think it had a big enough base to justify the anime. But well, the um, the original anime has had two runs in Japan with uh, with different openings. Yeah. But um, apparently, after the second run of the well, when when they started the, they started the second run because. A lot of people wanted to read, uh, watch it after the manga got a much bigger. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, we are unfortunately at the end of the show. Uh, just to let you guys know, um, the winners of the Senran Kagura competition are Matt Brown in Southampton, Maddie, uh, Maddie Edwards in Bayonne, New Jersey, USA. Uh, 
Woo! New Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey. Uh, David Harris, uh, and I've forgotten where he's from, uh, from Sheffield. Woo! Yep. Uh, Christopher Johnson from Middlesbrough and Nicholas Scott Woo! from Middlesbrough. Woo! So, yes, uh, <laughs> we will be emailing you your 3DS download codes um, uh, later on today after the show. So. Woo! Stay tuned for those. Um, we have been the Geek Show. We are doing something completely different next week, so uh, we'll see you then. I've been and Rob for something completely yes. different. Yes, I've been Rob. I've been a person. You've been a person. I'm Ben. Dave. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dave. Right, I'm gonna play. Dave. Um, we'll see you all next week. For 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac.